Welcome to this episode of Mentors at Your Benchside, the podcast giving you advice, tips and tools for getting the most out of your research. I'm Laura Grassi, and today I'll be talking to you about CRISPR-Cas13 and how it can revolutionize your RNA research. CRISPR-associated proteins, also known as Cas proteins, are components of the prokaryotic adaptive immune system that protects them from viruses. Cas9 is the best known and widely used Cas protein for genome editing. However, the discovery of Cas13 proteins that combined and cut RNA opened the door to a new world of possibilities for genome editing. You can use Cas13 proteins in your research to knock down, modify, or track RNAs in mammalian cells. Also, with the help of Cas13, you can detect specific RNAs in patient samples in a matter of minutes. So what is Cas13 and how does it work? First, let's touch on the discovery of Cas13 proteins. CRISPR-Cas proteins are naturally found in bacteria and archaea. These proteins are classified based on their homology and function into class 1 or class 2. In 2015, new members of class 2 proteins were identified. One of these was C2C2, class 2 candidate 2. The C2C2 proteins differ from other Cas proteins by the presence of two higher eukaryotes and prokaryotes nucleotide binding domains, HEPN, predicted to give the protein RNA's activity. Other groups have previously identified repeat-associated mysterious proteins that target and cleave foreign RNA in archaea. But it was Abu Daya and colleagues that took the task of characterizing the CRISPR-Cas protein C2C2, also known as Cas13A. In bacteria, Cas13 proteins are a defense mechanism to silence foreign RNA. Unlike Cas9 or Cas12, Cas13 only binds and cuts single-stranded RNA. Cas13 finds its target with the help of a guide RNA, otherwise known as a CRISPR RNA. The guide RNA consists of a conserved sequence of approximately 70 nucleotides with a hairpin-like structure bound by Cas13, followed by a variable sequence of 29 nucleotides that is complementary to the target RNA. Two HEPN domains provide the RNA's activity of Cas13. Mutations in these domains result in an inactive Cas13 protein known as dead Cas13 or DCAS13, that combined but not cut RNA. Once Cas13 has cut its target RNA, it displays transcollateral RNA's activity in bacteria. Even though the transnuclease activity can cut any RNA independently of its sequence, Cas13 proteins from different bacteria species have a preference for specific sequence. Cas13 proteins are present in at least 21 bacterial genomes, they all have two HEPN domains, but the size and full length of protein can vary, depending on which bacteria they come from. That is why they are subclassified as Cas13A, B, C, D, etc. Also, because the sequence of the hairpin-like structure they bind to is different among the different species, the scientific name for the bacteria they come from is often included in the name. For example, LBA Cas13A comes from Lactospiracea bacterium. You can see the original article for a figure showing how different Cas13 proteins compare. Since its discovery and characterization, this programmable RNA binding protein has changed the way we silence gene expression and how we study, modify, track, and detect RNA. The first application of Cas13 in eukaryotic cells was for knocking down mRNAs. But why use Cas13 to knock down RNA? Well, this is because you can achieve more than 90% knockdown efficiency. This provides an excellent alternative for gene silencing when gene knockout is lethal for the cell or when temporary gene repression is needed. 
you can also get better knockdown efficiency using Cas13 than RNA interference. And there are fewer off-target effects with Cas13 than with RNAi. It was initially believed that the unspecific transcleavage activity of Cas13 was not present in eukaryotic cells. However, growing evidence suggests that the degree of off-target effects by Cas13 varies depending on which Cas13 protein is used. PSP Cas13b has fewer off-target effects than RFX Cas13d, but also the frequency of off-target effects varies according to the target RNA and the cell line. To minimize off-target effects, it is important to carefully design guide RNAs specific to the desired target RNA and always include negative controls in your experiment. Catalytically inactive Cas13 protein, also known as DCAS13, can bind RNA but cannot cleave it. This characteristic offers another way to use Cas13 to study and modify RNAs. For example, you can increase the stability and translation of an RNA by fusing a methyl adenosine transferase like TRMT6 to Cas13. Or, if you fuse Cas13 to a fluorescent protein such as GFP or mCherry, the location and dynamics of RNA in the cells can be recorded by live cell imaging. The greatest advantage of using DCAS13 to study RNA is that the genome does not need to be edited to add other RNA sequences, like MS2, to track it, making DCAS13 a quicker and easier system to use than existing ones. In the same way as when working with the active Cas13, it is important to demonstrate that gRNAs used for DCAS13 are specific. This can be done by using the DCAS13 gRNA with the active form of the protein and seeing a reduction in the target RNA, measured by RT-qPCR. Due to its potential non-targeting effect, the transcollateral activity of Cas13 does not make it the perfect tool for knocking down RNA. However, it makes it perfect as a diagnostic tool, prompting the development of an in vitro diagnostic tool called Specific High Sensitivity Enzymatic Reporter Unlocking, also called SHERLOP. SHERLOP allows the detection of specific RNA, viral or cellular, in a given sample. SHERLOP can detect at a molar, that's 10 to the minus 18 moles per litre, amounts of RNA. Also, due to the specificity of Cas13, it is possible to detect single nucleotide mutations in the RNA. This allows the detection of RNAs carrying mutations and opens the possibility of using Cas13 to target RNAs associated with genetic diseases or cancer. So, we've sold you the benefits of Cas13, but where can you buy Cas13 protein? Unfortunately, at the moment, there's only one commercial source of Cas13 proteins, McLab. Some companies can make and purify the protein in bacteria for you, but the cost can make it inaccessible for everyone. However, it is best to overexpress the proteins from plasmids for research using mammalian cells. And there are loads of different plasmids available from adgene. See the original article and table one for some of the most commonly used ones. In summary, from its discovery, Cas13 has become an important tool to help our understanding of the RNA world. Its small size compared to Cas9 make it an easy protein to work with. Its ability to bind and cut RNA makes it an excellent option for regulating gene expression when it is not possible to use Cas9. DCAS13 versions provide an easy way to modify specific RNAs. Even its transnuclease activity can be wielded for RNA detection. I'm sure this is just the beginning and that more applications of Cas13 will emerge in the future. But for now, that's it for Cas13. Check out the episode description for links to related articles and resources. And don't forget to subscribe to the podcast to get more help and advice from mentors at your bench side.
Get ready to take your CRISPR research to the next level with CRISPR Unedited, the podcast that brings together experts from around the world to share practical knowledge and helpful advice. Hosted by Dr. Anthony Adamson, manager of the Genome Editing Core Facility at the University of Manchester. This engaging and energetic series will keep you up to date with the latest CRISPR technologies and inspire you on your research journey. Visit bitesizebio.com forward slash podcasts. Search CRISPR Unedited in your podcast app to tune in and unlock the full potential of CRISPR.